Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining me. It's um, really good to uh, have you here. Don't worry, don't panic. Dave will be here shortly. He's got something called a job or something like that. It's a bit, uh, bit it's madness. But um, so welcome anyway. I will just uh, wait for a few people to to join and then uh, introduce really what we're going to do today. Got no special guest today. We we just wanted a bit of a catch up. And then when Dave heard that, I think he decided that. He wanted to run away, but no, he sent me a text saying, um, I'm going to be there. That's an old fashioned thing, isn't it? A text. It was a WhatsApp, actually. Um, he sent me something saying that uh, I'm going to be with you shortly, but he's a bit tied up. I know he has been doing a lot of private tra training. Um, oh, hi. Thank you. Uh, and Tracy, Mick is here, Claire Thomas, Stephanie Warren. Thank you. Paul Stott, Sue Underhill. Got some good people joining us now. Um, yeah, so it's just a bit about training, a bit about, a bit about training and things. So police training is is uh, tricky enough when you start off. Uh, and then you can, after a few years, you start getting a bit familiar with it all and you think, actually, I could do with specialising. It's got itchy feet, you know. Either people are really happy to to carry on doing what they're doing or they want to specialise. And, and that's what me and Dave decided to do. Um, yeah, thank you. Love the handle. Used to be somebody. Yeah. Oh, I used to be a cop once. Yeah, I'm determined not to be like that. Please don't let me be like that. Um, and am I missing my job? No, I'm not. I'm not missing the job because uh, somebody asked me that today, actually, a new recruit um, said, are you missing your job? And I'm not because you can have too much of a good thing. I've, I've said that before, but genuinely, I think it's time I did something else. And um, it wouldn't be in the end of the world if I had to carry on. Uh, because I was very lucky doing what I did and it was with such a professional bunch of people. So, no, I really, really enjoyed it. And, yeah, driving fast cars and shooting guns was great. Um, but it's time, even, to be honest, even putting on the blue light and sirens and going at 140 mile an hour was, it was no longer that sort of, wow, this is amazing. Do you know what I mean? It was you more thinking about the job you're going to um, and some of those long runs used to be almost an hour. I used to travel like 250 miles a day on, on a good day. Uh, otherwise, between 100 and 150 miles, I would say. And of course, that's all at uh, fast but safe speeds uh, for the circumstances. Um, Somebody said, I've looked, uh, Lauren says, I've looked for this year, yeah, looked at a text the other day and not sent a text in every year. Well, it's so, you can't put emojis, you can't put, you can't, it's just not so, so useful. Or yet, if I need to come, if I need to communicate with my, um, my wife or my kids, because my wife is obviously down with the kids who are 21, I have to do that messenger thing, which I think is rubbish compared to WhatsApp, but I don't think the youngsters do WhatsApp, but um, yeah, it's changed so much like it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, policing has, yes, but sort of no, you still got bad people, you still got good people. You just got, um, you just got everyone recording you now. Um, so things have been a bit quiet on that side of things. I know I said the Q word, but I used to always say that anyway, because, you know, people haven't been, I think the media have just given the, the police a bit of a rest, or, or I think they've just overdone it now. Um, and so I think if somebody else put something about, look, this police officer swore or something, then it probably wouldn't hit the media so much, hopefully. But hopefully they moved on to other things. I know our good colleagues are in Dover at the moment with the protests um, uh, about immigration, um, and people dying on the beach now and, now and then, which is awful, and also uh, the anti-immigrant, immigration rather, anti-immigration protests down there as well, or some say right-wing or whatever, until they turn up, you don't know who they are. So, uh, so I know the police have had to prepare, and they've got a few units down there, but so good luck to them. Hopefully it goes all well with that. Um, Please by consent, hence not forceful. Yeah, I've heard that, but actually, I personally think it should be a... F Somebody's just mentioned, this is argument, isn't it? It's nearly as much as the Devon and Cornwall cream on top the, of the scone, but uh, it's cream on top, Cornish way is better. Um, oh, just put a little grenade in there. Somebody else saying, should it be police force uh, or police service? I think it should have stayed at police force, personally, because at some point you need to say no, you need to go. You need to stop doing what you're doing. 
because what happens with the service? Uh, well, you've got to please by consent and therefore I can ignore you. No, that's not correct. Um, so I think people have got confused with that. We're not a police service. We are not here to assist you in everything you do. If you're wrong or you're doing naughty things, then we're here to stop you. Um, so I think the police service was a bad move personally, uh, but that's that's me. You might want to see, you can see us on YouTube, you can see on Twitter, you can see on Facebook. I don't do much Facebook because, to be honest, I spend my life on YouTube and Twitter at the moment. Got a personal YouTube channel, Harry Tangi, which is a little bit more controversial and really discusses certain things like the Dawn Butler. One of my videos there had 20,000 views in a week or something. So uh, it's just giving, do you know what? It's, it's the cop side because uh, cops can't give their opinion on things happening in the media at the moment. So, for example, later I might, depending on what happens, hopefully nothing, I might give some comments on the uh, Dover protests or climate protests, things like that. But it's just from the cop side, because cops can't really come on here and do this sort of thing. Um, and I think people are finding it a little bit refreshing. Hello, Scotty Bateman. Uh, evening to you too. Um, and so uh, Dave's not joined. All those who joined, joined, Dave will be joining us very shortly. It's just that he's, well, he's basically he's let me down. Um, he's like that. He's like that. He does it all the time. He, you know, he just, I think he just feels that he's a bit too famous now. And he just doesn't want to come on here. It's like, oh, come on. No, actually, he's got a job to do. He's, um, but he will be here imminently. He's been working. He's been training, doing a private training. He's paid to do more training with Finn so he can learn um how to teach uh searching for gun oil as opposed to um so firearms and things as opposed to naughty people all the time so we have got a little couple of videos of tracks and i've got a couple of photographs and videos of my training i can't really put a lot of training in because firearms officers are particularly shy and don't want to be on camera some of our driving stuff will only get complaints about people driving in fast but you have to you have to train and you have to be used to driving it fast and you need to to um, be competent at it. So we 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 do that on runways and things like that, um, private runways. So not when the planes are landing, not in the middle of Heathrow, um, just to, to keep skills up, really. Um, you miss your local hobbies on the beat. I think you might be being saying Bobby's, Sue, but uh, I'm the best one for misprints on my on my tweets and things so i can't talk so many smaller stations closed when we had a car accident the poor guy who attended was working a large area east devon and yeah we used to go from farms job down to a, an rtc from north devon down to oakhampton i was the passenger and i actually had a little snooze halfway down <laughs> i did i woke up on a humpback bridge but i wasn't the driver okay uh but yeah that was but it is, it's funny it's like it, it becomes part of it you know and i think well that's where i can catch up a bit um and then woke up sort of 20 minutes before the end uh, where we arrived and then we could deal with the road traffic collision on the a30 at kempton um but yeah uh, dog handlers always turn up after the action finish, Scotty. I always argue that most of the time, when, especially with the job, amazing how many, it's about ambulances. They drive through these really slow, massive things, and they tend to be there first. Um, <laughs> I call it luck. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't I don't really miss driving quickly and things so much at the moment now. I've got a ZZR 1200, of which I am law-abiding on it all the time, and uh, that's a Big fast motorbike for those who aren't, and I've always had it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the government cuts and all that. We won't get too doom and gloom, but this is where we are, isn't it? And I've, I've always said that I've done a couple of podcasts recently for people who have invited me, thought I was remotely interesting. Can you imagine that? Um, and I said, these people who join, and it could be for any job, any job that you all are doing or you have been doing. And I think I survived on frontline. 30 years because I used to dip the oar in to just adjust the direction as your your raft went down the rapids and some people try to paddle uphill to get back up the rapids and of course they're going to fail and they get better and twisted and they say well it used to be all right up there at the top end of the rapids but it's rubbish down here but I think you can you can guide it slightly you can dip your oar in and, and point the way that you think it can go by using sort of experience, hopefully, but there's no way, you've got to go with it. You can't change it. 
So that's what I think about that. David Wilding is here. Uh, thank you. And Penny, my lovely Penny. And Pickles, your dog, I hope, is there. Uh, got caught up on the M5 in a, in a Tepic. Penny, are you using a different language? Are you, is that an accident? How can you make Tepic into accident? Um, come on, that's what, if that Penny, that's even worse than me. Now, come on. I'm missing your big smiley face, Penny. Penny is this huge character, and she explodes into the arena wherever you are, and uh, it's lovely to have people like Penny around. She's, she's a beautiful person. Um, what are your thoughts on the huge inconsistency in policing different protests these days? Um, I think, well, I think you can, the Met are half run by the, I don't know exactly who has the most um, power, but it's, it's the Met bosses, you've got Chris Dick and you've got the mayor. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so, and I think it's very political. I think some of the bosses there don't have an awful lot of experience on front lines. So sometimes they can, in my personal view, is they start believing some of the rhetoric they hear online. And sometimes when I think use of force is required, sometimes it's not tidy, it's not pretty. Um, some bosses who haven't been on front line and had to use uh, use of force um, forget how messy it can be. And sometimes they can, I think, potentially look at it as a civilian who hasn't been involved in a scrap recently. Um, so if there isn't like, oh, put them in a nice little gooseneck and walk them off. Um, if you are, I've always said it takes probably one big copper to detain someone, but it takes four to detain them without injuring the subject or the copper. So uh, you basically need a limb each and these are very, very strong limbs to if if you're not basically um, fighting, knocking them out, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, it, it's those sorts of things, and this is where criticism is. But then you've got to think, right? I'm going to work every day. I'm getting faced with a violent person most days, especially if I'm in London. London have a lot more backup than the counties do. Um, but of course, you've got somebody there, and you're. It, it's all about impact factors, and so basically, you're looking at the, the sex of the person. Is it a female officer against a male officer? Um, against a male subject? Oh, are they different? Yes, they are different. It makes a difference. Part of the impact factors. Um, it's the size of the subject towards the officer. It's the strength, the skill level, how exhausted they are, whether they're carrying an injury whether the subjects, uh, hopefully not the police officers, under the influence of alcohol, drugs, mental health. Um, and it is those sorts of things, whether they've got a weapon at hand, whether they've got, uh, you know, they're using vehicles available to them and things like that. And, 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 and basically objects on the ground near them. So have you got to finish something really, really hard and fast in order to prevent it uh, from deteriorating? And of course, it depends on the environmental uh, features, crowds or venues in the vicinity and other dangers associated with the incident. So, for example, if you I found I if I had one individual that I needed and a lot, I was single crewed because of my position, although I had a gun with me, which made me a lot safer. Um, and uh, so basically, I found I needed to get control verbally is that. I'm in charge sort of thing, so that the person thought, I don't really want to take a chance with him, even though under all my body armor and stuff, I was 12 stone. You know, I'm not a big chap. I'm six foot, 12 stone, I'm not a big chap. So the fact that maybe I uh, looked like, um, some of the time, shall we say, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, uh, I would, some of the times when, you know, you're, you're looking, pretty aggressive in your equipment that you, you've got, but it's actually quite useful to do that because it puts people off from wanting to fight you. And that is, it's all about, and that's your impact factors. That's really what you're trying to do. And it got me out of a lot of trouble and stopped me having to fight with an awful lot of people. Um, yeah, people are mentioning all the powers of uh, use of force, that side of things. So you are looking at section 117 of PACE to allow you to use force to carry out the Police and Criminal Elements Act. So you can use reasonable force in order for, in order to, if you're wanting to search someone, they say, get your hands off me. Well, I can use reasonable force to do that. Common law, you can use, and it's reasonable force. And reasonable force can be lethal force, but it rarely is lethal force. 
Um, reasonable force can be just basically common law. It, it can be just a push. Um, and basically, it's reasonable for the circumstances. Here we have someone. I'm going to injure it. So here we go. Let's add. There he is. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I've been trying to ignore you. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd left you long enough. I thought I'd left you hanging long enough. <laughs> I, I've had one of those conversations where it's quite nice to have all the conversations that the the, the notes um, down the sides and comments because it, you sort of spy, the conversation spirals off into different places. But you, how yeah, are you going off but, at a tangent? I, I think you should change your name to Harry Tangent anyway. Oh, mate, it's been that middle name's been that for a long time. Um, basically, uh, what are you up to? What have you been no, doing? We are, in, we are in deepest, darkest. I don't actually know where we are. We're in Tamworth, which I'm led to believe is in the Midlands somewhere. It's very nice. There's a, a steam train going past over there somewhere. There's Finn. Oh. Finn Finn's tired because we've been using his brain. So we are on a course, an instructor. Oh, I'm going to sit down now. Uh, yeah. On an instructor's course with these guys. It probably it probably says it all backwards. The oh. UK College of Scent Dogs. Now it's an X two X Met dog handlers. Ooh. Um, <laughs> called uh, Doctor Doctor Rob Hewing, who wrote this amazing book. And his, yeah. wife, and his wife Karen Hewing. Uh, they're they're retired now. He uh, obviously did lots and lots of study and became a doctor. And um, he likes to think that he's. <laughs> he'll hate me for this. He, he likes to think he's a knowledge when it comes to learning and dog learning and human learning. And he is, and it's an absolutely fascinating course. Um, and one of the great things is, you know, I know Finn's been retired for three and a half years, but. Finn has absolutely loved it. He's using his brain. Um, it's uh, reignited he, some of his old working ways. Is he loving the going back, like you say, going back to the old days of, of um, yes, yes. training? He must have missed it, but hadn't quite got the physique, bless his heart, now to keep up with it. But Yeah. Um, well, this, that's yeah, why this that sort right? of scent work, this, this sort of scent work is really good for, well, it's, it's good for any dog. As, as his book says, scent training for every dog, but specifically older dogs. I mean, Finn's 11 and a half, but he's not the oldest dog on this course. There's a 12 year old dog on this course. Oh, and, wow. and the good thing with scent work is that, yeah. is that you tailor it to, to the individual dog's needs. So yeah, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask Finn to get up on tabletops and, and do that sort of search. But, you know, he did um, a couple of really long old searches today and it keeps his brain going, which is vital for any dog, any dog at yeah. all, but specifically a dog like Finn that um, used to work and wants to still work. Um, and but so, yeah, that's good for people. It's good for people as well. So an old man such as yourself, it's quite useful too to learn things, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, mate, I it's, know... always, it's always, 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 always good to learn. You know, uh, Rob, Rob was obviously in the Met, so he thinks he's, uh, yeah. he knows everything about policing. Well, and, I uh, being, and so, uh, being in Devon and Cornwall, I just, I just, um, I didn't need to learn very much because we don't have any crime down here. So <laughs> it's funny to compare stories because you know whether you work in a in a massive metropolis force like the Met or you know um, one of the county forces that surround the Met or whether you work in Devon and Cornwall, there yeah. there are threads over my eighteen year career that probably follow threads in your career and uh what one of the things rob did when he was uh, working in the met was he got a little bit fed up with uh well uh we do it this way because we've always done it this way uh and he said about trying to get sort of evidence-based um learning which is very much what this course is about and, I, and I, it is nice sometimes to go away completely away from policing and see what um other people are doing uh, it is, mate. And I'm, I want to show a bit of video, actually. Um, first of all, it's nice to actually welcome new live people, Lizzie. Um, not that she is alive, but it's nice to have live people join us. Hey, managed to join you live for once. So it's really good to see you. Um, 
Oh, and we've got, uh, please, Puppy Walker, my pups keep my brain active, thinking of new activities. I, you know, it's just um, really good. But let me show this video now um, of, of you. Now, this isn't gun oil. This is a bit earlier. And it gives, a, gives people the, 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 exactly a bit of an idea of, and this is, this is sort, of a third, sort of a quarter of the way through the video, um, and how much effort for both of you it, it consists of. But I'll, let, I'll just play this a bit, mate. Yeah, you should be able to hear, so we can hear you as well. I don't know if you... Well, I don't really care who you're talking for. <laughs> you end up, and it just shows that his nose is down on the ground, and then he has the only the occasional look up. Mud, that he was soon away. I think we're about to get wet. So now, of course, you look for a nice, clean, dry bridge to walk over, don't you? <laughs> no, not as a dog handler, you don't. You go wherever <laughs> your dog tells you the scent is. <laughs> That's brilliant. And tell me then, Dave, what is it? What's the difference? Now I've got to get wet. Go on. What's the difference between you seeing that dog, Finn, um, and you know he's not just taking you for a walk? Yeah, yeah. So he did it. Um, he did it yesterday. We were waiting for our search turn. I think I, I actually put it in a clip on, on Finn's social media. We were waiting for our turn to search. And then Finn all of a sudden said, well, hang on a sec. I can smell something else. And he started tracking without me asking him to. Um, and, and when I looked ahead of us, there was a guy walking and he picked his... I, I didn't know he was there. He would picked yeah. his track and started tracking. And it's about looking at his body language and, and listening to him and watching him. As, as humans, we like to think we're in control and um, we know best. But when you're working one of these animals, you, you realise you really don't. Uh, and your job is to shut up, listen, watch and see what the dog's telling you. And sure enough, he, um, he followed this guy into a a little courtyard and I gave him a reward. So yeah, yeah your, your job as you know, even on this, this search course today, so he's learning to search with gun oil. Um, yeah. Which we actually, we taught him about 18 months ago, a little bit of that because we were going to use it for a BGT trick and we never did in the end. Um, and your job is to, is to watch and observe and, you know, whether it be a working dog or a pet dog, this sort of thing is incredible for them. And, and just to see them, bring all their natural instincts out is absolutely fascinating. Now, you see a completely different side to your dog. Now you've seen him. He looks like he's like, okay, the track's gone from that. That could be the wind, just the breeze, just blowing the scent to the side. Like, I know when you go yes, past so houses, driveways, it can push it into the driveway. So the dog may go in there. That's but, it, yeah. But then knowledge, how do they, is it experience then that shows them to, okay, it's gone in, but it probably is going to come back out again. So Finn has a massive toolbox, uh, like Hero and like like uh, like other um, experienced um, dogs, scent work dogs, tracking, trailing dogs. So he has a massive toolbox, so he can switch between disciplines. And if if there's ground scent, which we would generally associate with a track, he'll follow it. And if that ground scent goes for whatever reason, maybe you're crossing a road or a motorway or a train line, and uh, all the vehicles have got rid of the ground scent, then he'll start looking for air scent. Um, right. Now, you can imagine if all the ground scent's been disturbed, it will send, it will settle somewhere, but probably as air scent. It could settle in the bushes on the other side of the road. And so Finn and Hero and other amazing mm -hmm. um, dogs that do that sort of discipline, they will then, or should then, switch between that, see if they can explore the area to find where the scent has settled, and carry on following that air scent until maybe, maybe they find ground scent again. Or if all that's left is the is this swirling air scent, then they'll follow that. I mean, Finn caught uh, Simon Pegg, the actor. They caught, caught his burglar on a, a day. And I think it was about 32 or 34 degrees Celsius. Um, it was uh, in the afternoons. So it was really hot. The harvest, like here. The harvest had been taken in, so it's really a barren field. Um, and the guy had run straight through this burning hot field. Now, and we didn't get there till about an hour after it had happened. Now, and lots of people out there that would say, well, there's nothing left. There's no point. But actually, Finn worked yeah. through everything. Uh, he followed the ground disturbance to begin with, and then he found the air scent. And then about, I think it was a mile or a mile and a half later, he found the guy hiding. Wearing, Fantastic. Uh, wearing, still wearing his yeah. watch. Um, and this is, so this is, he, this is a video you probably can't see in the sun, but 
I mean, that's quite a formidable sight to have a your uh, Finn has just found your wife, the criminal for the day. Um, so it's yeah, it's lovely to eat. And I just think it's, I remember being. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're... <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, and you know what, mate? It's, a, it's amazing fun. I mean, we teach tracking to uh, to, to to the public as well, and uh, and we've got we've got a lady that comes along, um, and she might be watching this if she is. I won't say her name, but she's incredible. Um, she's yeah, she's an older lady. Um, yeah. Her dog has sort of um, uh, a hip problems, not not bad hip problems, but hip problems. And both of them know that they need to keep doing exercise in order to yeah. say stay as fit and, and, and as strong as they possibly can. And she says when she comes to do tracking with us, she's getting mm. exercise, but she doesn't realize she's getting exercise. No. And, no. and the two and... of them have an enormous fun. They are absolutely, and they're, they are one of the best tracking teams, professional or private, that I've ever worked with. They're both amazing. Um, well, so, somebody's put on here, Martin Wilson, would love to try and train PD Rufus from drugs detecting to tracking. How would one even start with that? Well, I can tell him that because a very good colleague of mine, a dog hander, taught me how to teach Arthur to track. And obviously, it's very basic level, but there's a video on YouTube, um, Arthur, Dog, Harry, um, and you'll, you'll, you'll see it. And it's a little border terrier where he tracks. But tell me, Dave, you're you're. I know you're very open about you can pretty much track the train any dog to do anything, can't you? And obviously, here's well, you I can't do it the other way around but... unless you've got drugs available, which I suggest yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell us about that. Um, so <laughs> I I can't think of a single dog, and and I'm talking about obviously the pet world as well, uh, of a single dog that I haven't been able to to teach to track, mm. and I've had many hundreds of uh, pet dogs come to me to learn how to track um uh, and actually the met and there might be other forces i'm not sure if the met still do it but they certainly used to when i was researching becoming an instructor they actually yeah. teach their drug detection dogs uh, and other search dogs how to track and the main reason they do that is they want to make sure that the nose which is a muscle that if you don't use it will become fat and lazy like me um and so they want the nose to be in tip top condition and tracking. No, I haven't got any more sausages in. They're tra uh, tracking is incredible exercise for building up nose duration. So teaching yeah. a, tra a dog to track, um, there are probably more ways, that, well, certainly more ways than I know to teach a dog to track. But basic ways, you can start with a scent square. So get their favorite treat walk out into a, uh, an area that's not been walked on a uh, field and you tread down maybe half a meter square, put food in it, uh, bring the dog out, uh, let the dog sniffle all the food, take them away, repeat that a few times. And then eventually you start doing uh, a scent square with a little bit of a walk away with another scent square on the end. Um, okay. But there's other ways. I think you um, with Arthur, I think you had your son run off. So that's a little bit more towards trailing potentially and air scenting. But right, again, yes. Fantastic. Exercise. Oh, it wasn't. Mine was basically, well. I was taught to make the dog so he can't see. Get get my dog. I had to train him to put his paws over his eyes, first of all, right? Like that. <laughs> and, then, and then I would literally put the ball a few meters away so he could actually see it, right? Yeah. But then, and, and then I would scuff my feet on the ground. And then what I would do is put the ball yeah. further away and further away so you can't see it. And then when he was air scenting, I was actually, when he was trying to get the short cut, I was pulling the leash so he was forced to go via my foot track. And then he sort of associated the foot track with the reward, not necessarily just the air scent. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, I... When you do the food method, it's, it's, it's to try and encourage your dog's nose to the ground. Yeah. Uh, but then over time, as they get more proficient, actually, you'll, you'll allow them to lift their head. I'm sure Arthur now, he'll, he'll pick whether he decides to track Yes, I mean, he's phenomenal. Uh, there's, there's another... Yeah, uh, sticking his head. He's a, a phenomenal... Because what I, I said to the dog hand at the time, it's really weird. It's, it's amazing because I'll chuck a tennis ball in a, a dense thicket when he's not even seeing where it is. And then I'll, I'll just go, seek it out. And he will then spend the next 10 minutes with his nose in the air and zeroing it in. Yeah. And he will get a ball, even though he doesn't know yeah, which direction. Yeah, yeah. I have got this one dog here that was one of mine that I had difficulty with. I don't know if you could 
Uh, you you think? Can you see that one, mate? <laughs> Brilliant. This, this was. Oh, I can't move it. Yeah, I can. This. That, <laughs> that is a scary looking dog. That is a scary looking dog, mate. But uh, yeah, that was a foam chain, everyone. Before you uh, write in to complain, I don't know where you write into. That's <laughs> For me, dog, tra dog training is, yeah, who'd you write into? Uh, W1A, what's the BBC? Um, yeah, WT12, the Blue Peter one, yeah. right into Blue Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dog, dog training for me is about the dog, uh, you know, having as much fun as possible, being rewarded for it, uh, learning and learning for themselves as well. Because if they learn them for, for themselves... Yeah. Uh, then it tends to last for, for much, much longer. But I could bore you all day long about dog training. Oh, but well, you, Tim, you certainly Tim's know. enjoying this course. No chance of... Um, and tell me, why are you able to say why you're doing this? You're just trying to expand your knowledge. But also, it's really good for you. You, If people are really interested in teaching their dogs, they can get in contact with you because you can train them privately, can't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, again... Uh, I think if you're in a big organization and I'm not picking on the police, there's, you know, there's other organizations too. If you're in a big organization like that, you kind of get entrenched into their way. And I think sometimes it's really, really beneficial to step outside of that and, uh, and try and find out why other people are doing things the way they're doing it. And you're, you know, same with any course you go on, you, you'll, you'll go on a course and they'll show you their way. And then you'll think, well, I like bits of that. But actually, I didn't see the benefit of doing it like that. But actually, yeah. with my previous experience, I can add that, that and that to it. And you end up with your own way of doing it. But I do think it's it's vital, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're learning. I mean, the dog training world is huge. And there are a yeah. million ways to train a dog to do anything. But to, to go out and learn as much. I always say to new dog handlers and new instructors that, it's important that you see as many different ways of training a dog as possible. And you need to see the bad as well as the good. Because if you see the bad, then you'll know yeah. how not to train a dog. And if you see the good, then you can nick bits from it. Yeah, claim it yours, yeah. Claim it's yours and move forward. Because <laughs> I, I, I know that um, Gareth Greaves in uh, with My Hero Theo um, book, which I've finished last week, was phenomenal. He was a guest on our uh, podcast Last week was it? Yeah, um, yeah and, and he's he said he he had a little tricky. It was tricky for him initially to get the reward in at the right time because the yeah. instructor would say, "No, you've left it too late," and it was it was making sure that dog realised what it was all you know uh, uh, what he was being rewarded for, and it's got to be yeah. instant. But um, there's a, a Penny has a sausage dog there, or a dash hound, oh, I, I think, is the adult we know term Penny for it. And pickles, yeah. <laughs> I know we do. I know. And but um, so she, but I reckon you'd be all right, Penny, because I'm. She says she can. She, um, pickles can smell a little mouse off a mile away, but um, <laughs> so you can see this is the dogs training on my uh, on firearms, of course, because they do this as well. And this is what you were in. Um, you. Were involved with Dave as well. You with firearms, were you? Or yeah, Finn, Finn, uh, Finn was a firearm support dog from around his second birthday until he retired. So he did it for six years, which is quite a long time. Um, Hero isn't yet a firearm support dog, but we haven't had a course up here for in a long time. Uh, her brother is, so she and she definitely has it in her. And this uh, firearm yeah. support work really is uh, the probably the well certainly one of the pinnacles of um, police. Um, German Shepherdy type uh, work, if you like. The Met have a, a different unit, the CTFS, CTFSO, yeah. is it? Unit. CTSFO. Dogs really, yeah. really are. Counterterrorism counter yeah. specialist farms officer. Um, yeah, and and they they abseil outside of outside um, helicopters and all that, but they, they wouldn't abseil inside them, would they? So uh, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, I worked with an awful lot of um, firearms dogs. Uh, and they have to be a uh, be capable of being quite quiet. It's no good if they're barking all the time because we've been on live jobs where we don't really want to give the position away. Um, yeah. They they need to the, the the tricks with those Dave in particular in in contrast to a GPD dog is a general purpose dog is is what exactly what extra skills um, do they need? So I mean we ask a, we ask a huge. Uh, I'm not kidding you. Uh, we were. I was having a joke with um, with these guys today here, 
Um, Karen's wife was uh, an explode trainer and handler in the Met. And um, sorry, I'm going to lay down in the hay. Uh, yeah. Um, Rob and I, who both handled DP dogs, we said, well, you're actually, you know, that's cheating because you're only asking your dog to do one thing and that's to search. Whereas German Shepherds, we ask them to search and track and uh, obedience and agility. And we ask them to chase baddies and take them down. So what we ask of, of just our, our normal, and there is nothing normal about it, but what we ask of our normal GP dogs is huge. Yeah. We ask so, so, so much of them. Yeah. So when yeah. you see a police dog, you know, do do doft your hat to them because they are absolutely amazing. But the firearm support dogs are the next level up. They really are. They're like the cream of the crop, which is already the cream of the crop. Um, mm. Yeah. Because we need them to have that even temperament. But we also need them to be hugely brave and we need them to cope with working with sometimes a massive team of people, uh, whereas normally they're just used to working with mum or dad. Um, and we need them to not bite that massive team of people. And and that team of people are, are sometimes effing and jeffing at the subject. And you need your yeah, and, go, well, and, you're working with me, so I won't bite you. <laughs> well, and, and that's exactly it, because when we are in a, a, a team there, um, you have to... You have to learn when to challenge for people, you know, for yeah. offenders and things like that. Because, like you say, if the dog's behind and the dog knows something's up, it's, it's waiting there and waiting. And we, and we see a subject suddenly there and we go, oh, blaze, but whatever. whatever. There's, there's yeah, a reasonable yeah, yeah. chance the dog will, and it will look around for the first thing to bite. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, well, we did have a little nibble. One, one of our guys did have a little nibble. There have been a few firearms officers bitten over the years. Yeah, I I would have I would have considered I mean, it a badge know, of honour, mate, personally. But um, yeah, exactly. one of my good you'd friends be pulling your trousers down now to you'd be pulling your trousers down now to show if you've been bitten. <laughs> yeah, show show but, the scars. That's normally, that's normally where they get bitten. That is, they all, that they is. all get bitten on the back of the leg or the bum. Um, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. You know. Some, often when we're going tracking as GP handlers, we go on our own. So someone will say, do you want me to come with you? And you're always like, no, 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 we'll, we'll go on our own. But when you're tracking in a firearms job, um, yeah. and Finn's had many successful tracks on a firearms job, you've got a, a um, oh, what do they call it, a chevron of, uh, yeah. of um, firearms officers behind you. And they're talking and they're doing updates and they're thinking about their tactics and updating their tactics and updating. And then your dog will change direction and you'll have to put the dog in the down so that the OFC can um, can then reassess because there yeah. could be a building in the distance that you're heading well, to. Well, this is it. To... So, so it's interesting because that, even though we never worked together, we were in different forces. Um, but yeah, I was a OFC, Operational Farms Commando. It's sort of the it's sort of the team leader of a of a job, and uh, we'd normally we would put someone with the dog handler because they'd have what was called the is it called the wolf system still or is it something else? It's the camera on the back of the dog. Yeah, we yeah. used to have wolf. There's different makes around, and so somebody then would be with the dog handler because the dog handler would um, naturally want to be up the front, getting in the thick of it. Yeah. They need to get learn going, to keep going, back. Move, move. Yeah, 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 and exactly that, and and of course. Um, the, the armed officers need to keep quiet at certain times and, and have and we use these commands so that we they knew Doc Handler knew when we wanted the dog up and then when we wanted it into the place and then we were looking the video and of course the video is just like this but you get used to sort of and the dog handler would describe exactly what the dog was seeing and where it was going and, and you yeah and so it's it's quite a skill because you gave if you give that video to that live video to a, the layperson they it would just look like you've dropped the camera you know yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah but, but um, a massive adrenaline buzz for the whole team um, you know whether yes, it's exactly. or, or a live job it's it's incredible and, and just to go I mean it's just a couple of photos I'm going to shove up because a lot of these are interspersible because you obviously drive are you standard driving course are you advanced. No, we standard. They, they so we, I mean, I, I say standard. Standard is still a very high level, um, and its pursuits. It's standard. It's um, four week or five week course still, and then the advance is another four or five week course. I forget which now. And those are refresher training. You have TPAC, which is tactical. Um, Tactical pursuit and containment—that's what it is. I nearly forgot, but 
you can see the environments where we will learn how to, um, this is LOE, is, is sort of, or MOE is method of entry. So we spend days bashing indoors, and the, these are structures that are made of lots of metal with, we put wooden pegs, so we could, we know what it is when there's locks on the bottom, middle, whatever, and it's very effective, and how to bash a door in without being shot, which is always quite a useful one, and of course, we work very much alongside, alongside the dogs. In our training as well, and again, this will probably remind you of certain things as well, won't it, Dave, is how was yeah. Finn in a helicopter? Yeah, fine. Yeah, he did it a couple of times. Um, then, unfortunately, we lost our force helicopter, so it was a little bit more tricky to to, oh, to get yeah, one yeah, in to yeah. kind of train them. But it is actually part of the um, the firearm support course is to to familiarise a dog with a helicopter. I was never lucky enough to do um, an actual call out, but I have one colleague who I think he I think they were actually training at the time, and they yeah. were in the helicopter. And they got a job, and so they thought, you know what, let's just plop the dog out the door and let them go and see what they can do. So, um, but yeah, he was brilliant. He couldn't care less. I mean, he sat on the plane on the way next to me on a plane to Florida and back. He was very chilled out. Oh, he is. They, I want to just do, go do, on. Do, the pilot, the pilots, and the um, and the observers do get a bit twitchy when the dogs come in. <laughs> well, it, it, of course they do, and and I remember a couple, uh, couple of live jobs that I was on where it was going to be an hour by car or it was uh, just over 15 minutes by heli. So um, I went with in the heli, of course, I don't have a dog, but I have stun grenades. And when I personally chose there, I didn't think the necessity was there. So I left the stun grenades behind. You don't want little accidents in the helicopter do like that. But of course, I've still got a lot of firepower with me and you can't be too careless up there. A negligent discharge up there would be a little bit cheeky. But of course, this, this gives us a good idea of, of rain. I thought I was taking a photo. This was a, a selfie for a, a tweet, which was very unlike me, as you, as you remember. But these, <laughs> these are the weather. You're, you're there doing your tracking training in, but you had a couple of days ago, it was horrendous weather, wasn't it? But here, here have yeah. a look at, um, this, this was on our, uh, this is our external quarry. Oh, it's video. Oh, no, it's video. Whoa, whoa. Look at you! All your firearms um, is hiding, hiding. Look, we've, <laughs> You're training, help we've me. just we've just been down there. We've just been in the look at my hair. Help proof, me. proof, wet. You can see when I'm actually doing this, I'm actually teasing the other farms officers because they don't want to be on video. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You, you only get it wet is. once. Is it, is you used to get so wet, you used to put the um, the targets on the top of you and just walk down picking up empty shells. <laughs> just, just, and you, I always had this feeling that actually, do you know what? There's only so wet you can get. And to be yeah, a dog exactly. handler, you've got to be exactly like that. You can only be so soaking wet. wet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As soon as you so your underpants are soaking wet, you can't get Oh, it's that <laughs> first cold drip into your underpants <laughs> yeah. or, or down yeah. the front. <laughs> yeah. yeah i know yeah. you just think oh well that's it we're knackered now yeah that's how it is. uh yeah i know mate um but uh oh that's not working there but yeah so it, the, the best thing is it's all all weathers all trains isn't it and you just don't know what you're going to get from now dog training the scent remind me is cold dry weather good or bad wet warm uh, weather well, good I or bad uh, scent, scent needs moisture. Scent doesn't really exist unless there's moisture. So right. damp, damp, cool mornings are brilliant. Yeah. Um, boiling hot, you know, 35 degree, no wind at all uh, would yeah. be um, the opposite end of the scale. But, you know, having said that, um, Finn has pulled, I spoke about the Simon Peg burglar. But Finn is also, and that was 35 degree hit midsummer's afternoon, an hour later. Um, really? He's also had results in the absolute torrential rain, 50 mile an hour wind where, you know, the textbook says you shouldn't, there should be no scent left. And he's still tracked and found someone. Wow. So the, although there are sort of parameters that we tend to work in, uh, we're, we're pretty lucky in this country, to be fair. You know, I've got friends out in Florida and America where the, where the temperatures can be absolutely astronomical and these dogs still work yeah. and still get results um, now lizzie has just uh, requested snow and obviously 
I remember when I went in, in the snow. I <laughs> but I remember when I went into the snow, actually, and it's you just suddenly realize, oh, now I know what a dog feels like because you see all these tracks around and it's almost they get that through their scent don't they yeah so it's yeah. something in and when it's snow it's visible so you can actually really, see where people have have gone and whatever but ultimately a, if you've got it's a good point you make there it's, it's it's almost impossible because we're such a sighted um species it's it's almost impossible for us to to figure out how dogs see the world and when you're working one and you see them using their nose you know they build up a 3d picture of the world through their nose um if if you could put and this is very difficult to do so we're very sight orientated we lost our sense of smell many 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 years ago because we're not very good hunters um using our nose Um, but dogs still are if you could turn the nose of a dog into a sight analogy and this is just one person's analogy um what you can see fairly clearly a quarter of a mile away, a dog would be able to see in New York. Now, again, that's turning the nose into eyes, so it's not exactly the same. But if if you if you yeah yeah, you, yeah. What, okay. you know their, their their sense of smell and well, well, when you see because they say a little particle of blood in the water with sharks, for example, can be over miles and miles and miles. So that makes total sense. Um, that I remember Kai. I remember the police dog Kai very well. This Devon and Cornwall police dog. Loved it when the force helicopter Oscar 99 would fly over. It's called Empass now, of course. Uh, he would run out to the end of our cliff and bark happily. Well, at least hopefully he knew where the end of the cliff was. So that was useful, I was suggesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's, here's a early day. Now, this was a little while ago now. This was me on my training, one of the training days. We do have an inside... You've got a beard there, Harry. You didn't look like you've got a <laughs> I'm trying to look cool in my shades there. Look. No, <laughs> it's, that's the MP5 and there's a Glock. And that was a long time ago. And uh, yeah, because what we have in Devon and Cornwall, we have uh, an inside range, a 50 meter range, and we have a 100 meter range outside in the quarry. And of course, we don't choose it when it's nice weather. We choose it when we need to qualify to certain distances and things like that. So that was the the sort of thing. Um, And then, yeah, so I mean, I personally adored my training, especially the shooting side of things. and it is, I think people would be surprised how uh, intense it is and how much you actually do need to know. And it's not just shooting down a range, it's the building entries it's and the vehicles and things like that. So driving, for example, now this is one thing we call, now we call this T-Pack. Um, and this is how we would, would, I'll just start that again a minute when it's on the camera. So. So this is where we train on a runway, a private runway. I'll just take mute the screen there. Um, so we are literally inches, and sometimes you're nudging the cars in around you. You're doing like a, a red arrows thing around the runway. And the runway, actually, they have roads that lead onto it, and then it will bear around to the right. This was one of the early ones. You can see it's 2000 players. This was a 2016, this was we did. And we do this every year, um, and it's just so that we are conscious. When we're doing this exact thing at 85 miles an hour on the motorway, we're comfortable with it. And um, and it, it's, it is a lot of fun, but you also, you don't want to get it wrong. You don't want to, and right. you, you can see whilst you're so close, is your, if you do hit each other, it's very gentle. It's like, um, they call it like a, it's like if it was a boxer, and you're getting really close, you, you can't get a punch in, but if you've got space, wow, that car can cause some damage. And the reason we would do this is TPAC. You've seen it on TV, so I can mention it. It's where you have the three vehicles, one behind each other, and then we basically surround and drag off the offender without them even knowing. And they may see one police car, but they don't know the two are behind it. And the reason we have to get so close behind it is so that they can't see the other two. And when we go around bends, we, we need to make sure that that's still the case. So it, yeah, it's it's all it's all good fun, and and then we've got of course the building entries and things like that. But I mean, what's the bit you most enjoy, Dave? Is there one bit that you particularly like in training? Uh, I from, uh, I mean, I love all of it. Getting getting into a dog's mind is is amazing. 
but for me, it's tracking, 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 tracking. I love tracking. Just to, to you know, when when you turn up to crime scene, there is no big neon sign saying, you know, the baddie ran this way, and it's all down to your dog yeah. to to figure it out. And, you know, I read a scientific paper a few weeks ago that said uh, a dog needs five footsteps to work out which direction it goes in. Which to the layperson, you might think, oh well, yeah, great, fine, but. So what the dog is learning in, or, or figuring out in those five footsteps is which yeah. footstep came before the next. Well, when you think about when you walk, one footstep is what? I don't know, a hundred, a ten, tenth of a second older than the next one. So a dog, right. in a dog's mind, five footsteps, yeah. it works out which direction they're going because of the time difference in those footsteps, which is a tenth of a second. So one... One, one year or a half a second, whatever it is. So one footstep smells slightly different to the next one because there's a quarter of a second time difference. And then the dog can Goodness. tell which direction it's going. That's absolutely insane. These dogs, their noses are just yeah. phenomenal. So, yeah, anything to do with the dogs. I love all the biting. I love all, you know, all that sort of stuff. The obedience, you know, that some people get a real kick out of that. I quite enjoy that. The agility is good. But yeah. anything that uses their nose just blows every. I, I have to say, I, I, I see as a complete um, non-expert. I, I think I'd get my kick from that. I'm, I, I'm not really bothered about them running through tubes and jumping over ladders. It's, <laughs> it's agility is important. You need to get to the offender if they're over a hedge and fence and things. Yeah. But um, I can see. Um, but basically, they're hunting for food, aren't they? They're looking for food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, here's just my side of training because yours is a lot more interesting because we've got you here. Um, so this was just a. This just gives you an idea of some of the training we do. Um, Let's see if I, if this will start. Uh, there we go. There it is. You can probably see. So here you would have, there's the targets. You'll see them actually turning. And there's friendly targets and there's baddie targets. And this is just to make sure that and this was double the distance. We've sort of run up and carried on doing certain things. But one of the instructor's faces was seen, so I couldn't show it. Um, but it's it's um, it does just show you've got to be... Uh, sort of when you're looking down that site and you've just run, even if it's 20 meters, it's just getting that break, controlling your breathing and then yeah. being able to judge as well. So, um, you know, if, if there's a tight and you think, is he, is he wearing it? Is he, has he got a gun or has he not got a gun? You know, and uh, you, you've got to make these really quick decisions. And even yeah. if it's for these things, the training is completely about, and this will be the same for you, Dave. It's, it's about that national decision model, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's basically, for people who are not aware, it's gathering all the information and intelligence that's available, and it's how to deal with that and how much force to use. And it's assessing the threat and risk and, and, and then considering all your powers and policies. Is it lawful? Can you do that sort of thing? Um, and identifying what options you have. So Dave will be thinking, do I release my, can I release my dog now? Because I haven't got, it's sort of the minimal force I can use in these circumstances because he's running away and he's going to get away. Um, and what happens with contingencies, with firearms sort of thing? What if it happens if they give themselves up? Have we got enough officers to deal with them? You know, what if he gets yeah. into the car? What if he runs into the school? You know, what's our contingency? What are we going to do next? And as a firearms tactics advisor, that was always, always in my mind, what if and are we yeah. ready for it you know um and then of course you take action but then that's not the end of it you start again and you say okay what's my information and intelligence again and 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 as well as that with the farm's taxes advisor you're sort of considering okay what do we know about the subject themselves the victims themselves associates cars and uh and often with that I would be sometimes guilty of forgetting to ask for certain things like the dog units. And I don't know, Dave, yours, your force is very, it's very automatic. I see you on a lot of ARV convoys where you're going to yeah. collect nasty yeah. people and you're always tagging yeah. on the end, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So um, our ops inspector, that's um, obviously they, they want, the, the, we've got a separate channel that we sit on where, firearms dogs and um traffic sit and yeah. when the ops inspector calls up he will call for the firearms units to acknowledge their call signs and then who he wants a dog on the end um it's obviously a less than least lethal um yeah. uh, force option for them 
Uh, they obviously have lots of other skills and search skills as well, which may come into play. So, yeah, in um, beds, hearts and cams, they're, they're very good at um, at calling for for, for dogs and I, and I know other lots of other counties are as well when it comes to, to firearms jobs and you know what the firearms boys and girls love to have the dogs there I, I lost count oh we do totally I, I lost do. count of uh, the amount of times that baddies have given up to the dog um, mm. and, and that's not downplaying them uh, firearms that's, that's why they yeah. use the dogs because oh, they're is. such he they is. look so ferocious yeah I am yeah, just right. having, he's just um, having a dig another dig yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. he does that's all he does. Yeah. Well, because they spend all the money on you lot, we don't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I've got to get the well, we're, we're 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 delicate people. We need looking after. <clears throat> we were. He was. Um, but Dave, you're absolutely right. When the dog turns up, it's a bit like. Um, even though they won't admit it, I think when. Uh, well, no, when um, and you you know um, Joe Public are in in distress and. Um, and the, um, sorry, I'll spit it out in a minute. The uniform yeah, cops turn up. Words, yeah, Harry, come on. I know, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when, when the beat cops turn up, it's like, oh, thank God for that. And when there's a bad accident and the traffic turn up, the beat cops go, oh, thank God for that. You know, and when there's some bloke running around with a machete or knife, gives them more option when the ARVs turn up. It's like, oh, thanks God for that. But all of that, I've got to say, is Trump with the dogs because the dog can do pretty much. They're not very good at shooting straight, but they don't need to sometimes. Um, <laughs> no. So you know, well, so it, it is. is the, the saying is: is uh, when the public when the public need help, they call the police, and when the police need help, they call the dog. <laughs> That's so true. It is so true. Look, here's another wet photograph. People may have seen before, but that was us wet. That's me with the yellow eyes, the jaundice eyes. But again, this was. This was training with trains and what do we do? And it's all to do with terrorism and that side of thing. So what happens if they hijack a train and how do we deal with it? And you, it's just dealing with how do you get up to the doors? Because the doors are all designed for platforms. So what we didn't want to do, and this is where nationally, this is exactly the same for every force. So you're well looked after people, um, is that there's methods and we do the training in all weathers, like you can see there, to to um, to make sure we can get up to these places and see how we clear, how we as safely as possible clear a train um, and go do it as long as possible, uh, as quickly as possible. Because as I said, you've got to be in at least equal danger to the public in my view. You can't be less danger than the public. So if there's a gunman in the train, we've got to stick someone in the train. And uh, um, so yeah, that's that's it. But it concentrates the mind. Yeah. But yep. Uh, yeah, so it's all, it is all good fun. We're running, look, 16.58. We've got two minutes well, left, eight, nine, I 10. Feel, I feel like I cheated you, Harry, because I did leave you hanging. I was having a cup of tea and a nice cake. No, I wasn't. We were just finishing off the search sessions. I couldn't. I couldn't just walk out. <laughs> it was well. You know me. I was lost for words. I didn't know what I to bet. say. So I, I was just. I was. I had a feeling actually. My wife. My wife has bought one of those um, paddling pools for the dogs to keep them cool in the summer. And she bought this at the beginning of July, and I think he's used it twice, and only when we're in it with him. You know. Um, but so guess what? She's using it for the winter. For Arthur, not these spoil. She's got these. <laughs> it's Aww. now, it's now a. Is it, so he will love that a lot more. Arthur will love that. Yeah. He yeah, he's somewhere around. I don't know. But mate, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm really looking forward no, to um, seeing how you get on. Have you finished your course? Is it last day today? Or no, what? no. Uh, one more day to go, and then I come back. Uh, in a few weeks' time to do another part of it, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, anybody, any dog training needs of anybody out there, give us a shout. And if, and if we're not local to you, we'll be able to find someone who is. And we'll just keep the thin, thin blue paw is the charity, your, your charity, isn't it, to help? I've got that right, haven't I? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, there are a number of uh, police dog charities in the country. Most of those are localized. Well, all of them are localized. Um, but the Thin Blue Paw fills in for the 32 forces that don't have a charity okay. for their retired police dogs. Um, and yeah, it's um, very exciting. We've got lots of forces that are really interested to help us. And we've got lots of the outside world in a, um, a 
wanting to form partnerships with us so watch this space but yeah thinbluepore.org um yeah. and then uh, see if you can donate or help us in some way it'd be incredible yeah cool thank you so much i just did an md there i don't know what uh, help me dave north hans oh i don't know what that is hopefully you're not dog hanging train. on the edge It'll of the cliff no, no, no. oh right okay It'll that's good <laughs> <laughs> dave it's been emotional thank you so much everyone for joining us again and we will hopefully see you next week and we'll probably have a guest we've got an idea about guests but if you've got any suggestions whack it over to us use various ways to get rid of get get to see us we remember we do that's a beautiful picture that actually um that is lovely dave actually so uh if i could just enlarge you like that that would be useful but i don't think i can no i can only do i can only do it for you sorry um yeah but remember guys you can get us on youtube it's called frontline chat on YouTube, trying to build the following for that. That's all our things together. And also you can catch us on things like Spotify and stuff like that uh, by just uh, searching for Frontline Chat again. All right. Lovely. Catch you later, guys. Thanks. Yeah, bye.